Welcome back, folks, mere mortals. We are here with another book review. Today, I have got Range by David Epstein. Range, how generalists triumph in a specialized world. Now, I'm hot off the press finishing off this book, so I've got it right fresh in my mind. So let's get into it. Now, first of all, why did I get into this book? Well, first of all, it was, it was provided by uh, to me by someone, so I thought it'd be pretty cool. But I've always had this view that I'm a generalist. I'm very hardcore generalist and I can probably talk about you know, how I see myself in that way. But I've always thought, oh, is this an issue? And this book has proved to me that it is not an issue. And in fact, it is a top thing for you to be a bit of a generalist and not a specialized person in this world. So David Epstein, um, he's actually produced a, a book before range. And it was called The Sports Gene. Now, he himself has said that he put around 150% more effort into producing this book than Sports Gene and the Sports Gene focused on basically sports and the the definition there around specialization and range or, you know, what he calls the Tiger versus uh, Roger effect. So, obviously, the Tiger Woods, you know, specializing from when he was very, very young, two years old, playing golf all the way to becoming sort of number one in the world at golf and Roger Federer, where he tried out quite a few different things on his way to becoming one of the greatest tennis players of all times. Obviously, two different things. One, what you could consider a hyper-specialist and the other one, a, a general um, individual, more, more generalized and specialized. But he then sort of put that together into range and actually expanded it well beyond, I think, the well, the, the the drive there was, okay, he was seeing that obviously in sports and a lot of people were saying, well, does this exist in, in other areas? And indeed, it does. So the book itself is 300 pages of goodness and stories. So the way that David likes to tell or, or actually uh, wrote this book it is all with stories. And right off the bat, I'm going to say that it's probably uh, 10 stories too many. So David, 10 stories too many. Uh, I found myself, as I was reading through the book, I thought, mm-hmm. You know, these chapters, you, you could have conceded uh, in, in the way that you're trying to storytell here to, to bring it back, tighten it up a little bit. Like, I get the point. I don't need to see another story. But you can tell the, the sheer amount of effort that went into obtaining all that information, the interviews that he undertook uh, for the book. So that was phenomenal. So uh, general thoughts on the actual book itself. So um, apart from the fact that it's uh, packed with stories, and I did say it's a little bit of a negative, uh, it is a positive in the way that you can... Some of the way, best ways of, of learning, um, I find at least for me personally, is through stories, uh, especially engaging stories because I can have the curiosity to actually keep on reading and take away that, that solid foundation. Uh, and this, this book is structured in that way. So I'd almost say it's 50 to 70 stories uh, throughout the book um, that's mapped out against a particular uh, topic or discussion point uh, amongst many things in terms of the, I guess, the science behind a generalist versus specialist. So, you know, he talks a little bit around learning uh, and showcases some stories around the American um, teaching uh, and how that has been the way that some students get taught can be an ineffective way in terms of learning and the comparisons between short-term learning and long-term learning. But then there's other stories around, say, um, Challenger and the failures that happened with the O-ring there and then compares it out to a, a lot of different stories. So um, if you want to enjoy uh, stories and the way that you learn from that, then you're going to be very happy about this one. But as I said, I found it there was a slight uh, amount too many for the 300 pages. Could have compressed that a bit. Um, also, another key takeaways, the key items that um, you could pick up from range, uh, obviously, to read it yourself. So one, 
is the position of becoming uh, cognitively entrenched into something. So that was one of the items in range where he talked about one of the issues becoming specialized or hyper-specialized if becoming so entrenched into that field that you can't see the interconnected dots uh, across the broader um, systems of the broader space. So there was an uh, immeasurable amount of stories in here where there was specialized people and by specialized there were PhD individuals, uh, potentially in microbiology or biology that, you know, been studying the same thing for 20 to 30 years and for some reason they couldn't sort out um, a particular issue. Uh, and one of the examples in the story is, you know, there was a, a company who had been trying to sort out this particular issue, I believe it's a microbiological issue, and they essentially just put it out to uh, the community at large, you know, can you guys help us out in figuring this out? And a lot of people already thought at that point from the company, oh, I don't really think this is going to work. Like how are these people out in the community going to be able to answer this question where we are supposed to be the experts? But lo and behold, people out there who had more range by range here is the ability to just connect things that are external to just that entrenched view, obviously the cognitive entrenchment, to be able to connect and go, oh, well, you know, I've seen something in my past or something in other places that I've worked, you know, I can use the uh, the analogy that what's working there and bring it over into this area to actually make it work. So that was obviously a big a big piece and, you know, there's lots of stories there. Obviously, the story around uh, Kepler and the idea of him using analogies to figure out that uh, the the planets don't sit on on uh, on tracks, but actually there's some something uh, not souls, but something that actually pushes the the planets round and round and round. So uh, another one is the the learning. Um, usually that is durable uh, and flexible. Generally doesn't come easy. So this is another point. Uh, one of the really key points I wanted to take away from range and sort of share was the the inflexibility that we have with some of our learning styles. So I can personally say I, I fall into this trap where I believe that I am learning in the short term by way, look, give you an example, reading a book or listening to a podcast or listening to a lecture. And I might think that I'm learning because I can recall a lot of things, either that I took notes or that I'm just purely listening. And maybe they might ask you, oh, do you know, do you, do you understand this and I can kind of like parrot back or they can help me out in that conversation and it might feel like you're learning but in terms of his flexibility i.e. how well you can sort of spread that information into a broader range and its durability how long they're going to stick around it's usually the more inefficient ways of learning that are going to actually stick around and you're going to be able to use them in a more malleable way so the example you know again in this book that they pulled out was um at school, you know, teachers uh, doing the best to help out kids and to try to get them to understand a particular concept rather than letting them be challenged and get the wrong answers and then learn from those wrong answers, they might help in suggesting what it actually is. So, you know, in, in, in a bit, let's say an example, two plus two is four when you're teaching some kids around what two plus two it should be. You know, they, they might go, oh, no, it's three or no, it's two. And you might give them an idea, oh, you know, it could be four or one. So what do you think? And you give them a bit of advice and they go, oh, okay, well, it's four, right? So the he talks about in the book, David, that perhaps the, the fact that you're actually aiding them in that manner and taking away the challenge actually prevents them from having much more durable and flexible learning. So that was a really cool point. Um, I guess he sort of the, the effective learning uh, actually looks inefficient, which is one of the biggest points I took away. Um, 
the the one one of the other ones as well was a thinker can become worse, not better, by the additional information that they're provided. Uh, now, I think it was in in this book, but it's it's an example that's given in a lot of other places, and it's around uh, individuals who are professional uh, horse betters, and the more information that you provide to them, uh, the more confidence to gain in you know, the the results of what they believe who's going to win in terms of the horses, you know, increases in terms of confidence, but actually their ability to pick the correct uh, winner, it actually decreases or doesn't improve. So it's not like the actual uh, final outcome improves, but your confidence actually increases. And so one of these items here talking about, you know, especially for specialization was that the more entrenched you become into a particular area, so biology, physics, um, pick pick your area, sports, uh, music. The more you go into it, the more you think that you actually know absolutely everything and become more confident that either you're the only person that can solve it or you're confident that nobody else can know what, what you're talking about and then become, I guess, another way of, of calling out the the entrenchment that you can get into a particular topic. Um, so it, it's... Um, it called out to me, it was just how many, you know, through all the stories in range, how many places that I originally thought, oh, well, you know, they, they're specialized. But, you know, when you actually dig into the, the true story, so here the typical one is Roger Federer. If someone had told me that Roger Federer was a generalist, not a specialist, I would have gone, oh, really? Like, I'm sure he's played a lot when he was in his younger teens and everything. But when you compare it to what the the general consensus consensus is for when you should begin sport, well, it should have been actually you should have been specialized when you were twelve years old, and you should be working double as hard because that's the only way you're gonna you know actually become the top of the game. But that is just not true. And he obviously David lays this out in uh, a lot of detail with a lot of scientific proof and a lot of stories. And so it makes me think there's a lot of places where we believe people are actually specialized until we really dig down and find that actually, no, they're more generalized than we think. They're just late specialists. And that's probably the the key takeaway that I wanted to pull out from, from range, right? So it was, he's got generalists versus specialists. And it wasn't to say that, oh, you should be a generalist full stop. You shouldn't be a specialist. No, it wasn't the case for that in terms of you know what's more beneficial. It was more along the lines of, you shouldn't worry that you're a, uh, a late starter, um, yeah, you shouldn't worry that you're a late starter. You shouldn't worry that you're uh, missing out because you didn't have those five extra years to go and do tennis practice because you were playing soccer. No. Uh, yeah, the fact that you played other sports or the fact that you played another musical instrument or that you studied something different, that actually helps and supports you in whatever else you, you might be doing. But he doesn't dissuade from the fact that later on in life, then you can actually specialize. So in the case of a Roger Federer, who was generalized for uh, you know a period of time, let's say 10 years old to 16 years old, and then he specialized in tennis and then used those skills uh, and that information that he learned from that and translated it over. Similarly, how I take it is, let's say that for 20 years you do engineering or accounting or a couple of other things and then you start specializing into something that you really love, let's say microbiology, and you use all these other things that you've learned along the way to actually help you connect the dots broader and not get stuck in that cognitive entrenchment. So that's, I guess, the, the biggest takeaway. Um, so yeah, for, for me, I guess that, that final thought was, um, well, well, it is true. Well, it is all true in this book. I just don't think that um, hyper specialization is a bad thing. It's just 
when you actually decide to hyper specialize that's that seems to be the the problem in the matter so that is arranged by david epstein of course i'm going to recommend for you to go and read this book i've given it a seven and a half i really enjoyed it if uh, if i had a couple of less stories i would have enjoyed it even more just because it would have been a little bit quicker it was i'm a, I'm a slow reader um in comparison to our other mere mortal here karen but yeah truly enjoyed it um its ability to connect uh, stories, uh, the scientific proof, the interviews, and a little scatter of his own thoughts, obviously, from what he learned on the sports gene and some of the ways that he has seen, obviously, this compared to him. Um, it probably should have done this at the beginning, but just to give you an idea, David himself um, is a sort of authored the sports gene, um, but he has a master's degree in environmental sciences and journalism and actually worked as an investigative reporter um, and a senior writer for Sports Illustrated. So he actually touches uh, in the actual book itself, but even he uh, demonstrates how he has a bit of a range because he he began in what he thought he wanted to do, went through to his master's, and then kind of went full circle back to a writer. So to everyone out there who is much more of a generalist than a specialist, so if, you, if you're worried that you want to become a, a pro soccer player, you're 18 years old and you didn't start when you were 10, well, yeah. Might have something else coming for you. You might just be just a generalist and ready to go to stardom. So I'm sure I'll see you in 15 years. And if that's you and this motivated you to become a, a famous player, then you can send a, a nice check my way or the Mere Mortals. Folks, that's been Range by David Epstein. Mere Mortals, one out.